0: the dean leggy show here on dog post sunday night an eventful little bit of time here georgia just getting a commitment tonight from one of the best players in tennessee in football the basketball program hiring a head coach thursday night we've talked since then but he had a very lengthy um press conference on what day was that friday and then uh Georgia football starts practice uh, on Tuesday, so it's certainly a busy time at Georgia all of a sudden. I'm trying to grasp how badly Auburn is getting beat in the uh, basketball tournament. Not, to, I mean, you should never lose by 30 points in the second round. I'm not sure Auburn should ever lose at 30 points in any sport, but um, they've had a heck of a season. You could tell they were losing steam down at the end of it. Um and then Tennessee's out too. So I think you only have AM and Kentucky left. I'm not sure who else in the conference is still playing. Um but yeah, I mean Georgia will start practice on Tuesday. We don't have a schedule yet for that, so I don't totally know what to expect um to tell y'all to be ready for. And I'll be on here for a little bit, and uh then uh, you can catch me later this week. Um it's gonna be yeah, and someone's saying their bracket is destroyed. This has been I actually did not fill one out this year. Um but to see Villanova loo- or um Virginia lose the way they did to Maryland uh, Baltimore County and to see just Loyola Chicago move on and to watch Nevada come back and win that game like that. I mean, it's it's when you don't have a bracket, it's almost better. Honestly, it's 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 almost more fun when it's you know you don't you don't get disappointed, so to speak. North Carolina getting punished today by Texas A&M. That was the Texas A&M that many of us expected to be around, um, and uh, we'll just see. But I'll start with basketball. Uh, that was an interesting press conference, is one way to put it, from Tom Crean. Um, I think that interesting is kind of a lame way of saying, I thought he had, he spoke with tremendous passion. He, um, he, I'm glad someone finally said hey, this program can win a national championship. I mean it's long overdue and the resources are there. You're paying your head coach about uh, not quite $20 million a year, six year, 3.2 million contract per year. Um, I'll be curious to see what happens at the assistant coach positions. Um, you don't, I don't, nothing's really been named there yet. It looks like they're trying to persuade Jonas Hayes to stick around. Um, I I don't, I mean, I'm assuming he has other options. I don't know where you would think that Mark Fox would still be interested in him, but, um, and then I'm sure there's other college situations that he would fit in nicely. Maybe not as a head coach, but as an assistant Uh, but Jonas Hayes is going to get his crack as being a head coach one of these days soon. Um, You know, Ashton Hagens is going to be someone to watch here. Uh, I think that if they play this right, he will wind up right back at Georgia. I don't know why he wouldn't. Um, That's up to Tom Crean to figure out. Um, My overall take of that was, I mean, obviously, everybody that watches these knows that I'm a big basketball guy. I've had a um a lot of uh background in basketball and um it's it 's almost like you're talking a a foreign language half the time when you speak with Georgia people about it but i've found over this last um i 've been calling a lot of dog post members and talking with them, and in that time i've really found out that th- there 's a lot of passion for basketball that is buried under, underneath the surface, obviously football. Is what the um, casual fan, anyone that associates a sport with Georgia, associates football. But there's a lot of passion for Georgia basketball that has really been—I don't think it's been ignored. It's just been undercultivated. That there's been no results. Um, you know, you go 15 years and you've been in the tournament twice. That's just not very good. And um, it's—you know—you would think over the next 15 years. Georgia would make up for its uh, remedial pace the last the last 15 years. Um, we'll have to see. And top, Tom Crean had great energy, and um, I think people are enthusiastic. I wonder if people will get annoyed with his energy over time. Whatever a coach is most known for is something that becomes a detriment to them. When I was 20, I started Dog Post when I was 23 years old. Something like that, maybe 22, whatever it was. And my assumption then was you know, because my coach in high school had been a long time coach and an old NBA guy. <clears throat> my coach in college at the time had only been at the school for 10 years, but that seemed like a long time for me. He wound up uh, leaving after 29 years. So he went another almost 15 or 20, you know, 15, 17 years after I was done. Um, so that's a long that's a long time to coach a program. So sort of my assumption was, you've got what you've got and you sort of stick with it. But at that time, right when Dog Post started, you had the transition from Jim Donnan, who needed to be replaced, to Mark Richt, and from Jim Herrick to um, to Dennis Felton, and that transition there. You know, the longer I've gone in this thing. The less it's about the coaches and more it's about the institution. And I think you've seen Florida, over time, do a great job of of culturally saying we're going to be good at everything we can possibly be good at. Georgia, I think, is slower to the ballgame with that. I mean, if there's a program that's really trying to be great at everything, it's Florida. Um, they're not as good as they have been in basketball. Obviously, they did not get the Sweet 16. There was a time when they did nothing but that it felt like um but they're not as gifted as they once were either so for georgia now it feels like you know you've you've gotten two head coaches in the last 12 was 18 months so that's a long time and you're picking up steam for what should be the next five years if georgia's not better in basketball over the next five years i'd be surprised that would surprise me on a lot of different levels The biggest thing here though is what can, and obviously football is going to challenge for the conference and national championships it appears. and You never know, you never know that what happened in year two, that that might not always continue. For Mark Richton year two was 2002 and that really great run went from 2002 to 2008. That was six years, well seven seasons, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So seven seasons, one slightly disappointing season in 2006. 2008 was disappointing as well, but they still finished top 10 in the country. Um, and then Mark r- sort of recaptured it with 11, 12, uh, to some degree 13, but 11, 12, and 14. So it was, you can see these things can be cyclical, but it's almost always because of the coach. With Tom Crean, he he somewhat, I mean, in terms of stature, he's a smaller person than Mark Fox. But they both are white guys who wear glasses, you know, and they all, you know, they both are have never been really from around here. They both have Midwestern roots. So they're similar in that background. But Crean comes with more um he's more qualified at this moment to take the job than Mark Fox was uh when he took it. And he's also, you know, more accomplished than Mark has been. Uh in terms of who is the most important person that Tom Crean needs to get? What does he need to establish? Well, with his style, you're gonna need some guards. And if if you don't get guards, you can forget it. And that's why Hagens is so critical. Um, if you can get Hagen's to um come on board, then you've got a possible future lottery pick. Uh, as your point guard. Not as your two, like Contavious Caldwell Pope was, where he was a three sometimes. He would be your one. He would run the show. He would be able to immediately compete with every single kid in the SEC. And probably for two years. Possibly for one. If he's that good, Georgia should celebrate it and say, hey, go do your thing. That's awesome. Go to the league. But probably for two years. And then you build on that. There's seven top... Uh, there, right now, class of 19, there's seven top hundred um kids in Georgia and none of them are committed anywhere. So if you are Georgia or Tech in this case, you have some serious um potential if you can just get the ball rolling. Um and that's really the thing. I mean, I think that if 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 Tom Crean has learned lessons because I've spoken with a lot of people about him and his trajectory and you know what this will mean for for him and for George and so forth. You know he any any coach that's anywhere for an extended period of time is going to rub people the wrong way after a while. They're just not going to like them. That's what happens. Um, that's why they're getting paid millions of dollars a year. Basically for for people to not like them and for them to deal with that. So at Indiana basically he had a harder time at the end keeping kids the in-state kids at home. And I don't know the reason why. But at Indiana, essentially, and this makes sense, they've got six national championship banners, or five, whatever it is. And that is their starting point. That is their reference point. But, you know, that's not what's happened at Indiana in almost 30 years. So it's not really reality-based to talk about Bob Knight's 1987 team or the 1976 team that was undefeated, you know, that's not reality-based. That's, that's sort of like saying every every four-year run at Georgia should be like the run from 1980 to 1982 or 1983 or from 2002 to 2005. I mean, that's just not how it goes. Now, that's when I started Dog Post, 2001 to 2005, and and you kind of fall into the trap of thinking, hey, it's always going to be this way. Same thing with Kirby and these guys. Hey, it's always going to be like this. It's not always going to be like this. As much of a great season and, and perceived badass as Kirby is, there will be someone that will come along that will be younger and driven, etc., that will be trying to take everything Kirby's got from him. That That's just how this goes. It's, capital, it's modified capitalism uh, is what college football is, specifically recruiting. So you have to stay on your toes, your P's and Q's, cross the T's and dot the I's, and if Tom Crean can get the ball rolling, if he can just get the ball rolling, Georgia can have a two-decade run in basketball that it has never had, which is to say that it should be, in two two decades, they should get to the tournament, say, 14 or 15 times out of 20, uh, get the Sweet 16 a fair amount, and uh, you know make a run to the National Championship game and, and, and win it. I don't think it is out of the question at all. To say over the next 20 years that Georgia should, you know, it it should be assumed that Georgia is doing this sort of stuff to win national championships. Because that's essentially, at every single sport at Georgia outside of volleyball and soccer, Georgia has competed and or won national championships. Track, football, baseball, uh, women's basketball has narrowly missed Women's tennis, men's tennis, they have both won it. Gymnastics has 10 national championships. Softball apparently is, is quite good right now. Um, but this is about recruiting immediately and taking it from there. If Ashton Hagens is the guy that I th- think he can be, then he's the person that can take you to the next level and get build, build the bridge to being the rival of Kentucky in the SEC. Um, The passion at Georgia is never going to be the same that it is at Kentucky. Kentucky football will never be like it is at Georgia. But you can, on the floor, you can totally challenge everyone. Is Tom Crean going to be the best coach ever at Georgia? I mean, you would hope he's not going to be. Because you would hope the person that comes after him would be even better. If that happens, that means Tom Crean's done his job. The same way that Mark Fox did his. It was just time for a change. Now, I would have made the change earlier. But that's me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with giving Mark his due credit. Um, the program was not in a total disaster. It wasn't, you know, spinning out of control. They just weren't great. He got them better. He did what he needed to do. Um, and after about 2015, it was time to move on, I would say. And so that's happened. Um, now there's a massive contract in place and Georgia can take it from here. You don't know who the next coach at Georgia would be. You have no idea. The next coach just got hired two, four days ago, whatever it was, three days ago. But that was a quick one. And Greg McGarity after the press conference um, looked exhausted. Um, But if you're Greg, you know, this is probably one of the last things that you'll do at Georgia. It's my guess. So, you know, this is a legacy hire for him. And the Kirby thing is too. But this I get the feeling, Greg, this was more on Greg than the Kirby one. I mean, the Kirby thing, basically that was going to be forced on Greg. It's what it felt like to me. So that was going to happen almost no matter what. In this case, you know, he went he went about as good as you could go. I think Thad Mata was a very good choice. Uh, and then from that point forward, he, he was up front with Tom Crean telling him, hey, uh, we are pursuing Thad Mata, but we want to talk to you. Thad Mata fell apart. Enter Tom Crean, who could not be more interested or excited. Which I reported for a very long time at Dog Post. His interest was significant for this Georgia job, and it worked out. So kudos to uh, Greg. I'm glad my sources were not off on this one, which they usually aren't. But you never know with a coaching search, particularly what became what was starting to become looking like a legit coaching search for a second there, because if Crean didn't come through, I don't know what you do then. Uh, Wes Miller at UNCG, Earl Grant at College of Charleston, blah, blah, blah. Here's a question, uh, and this is kind of a good one. Uh, your thoughts on AD's hiring searching forms seems like a cover your ass move. Um, and what is the draw for Tom Crean? I will start with the coaching search firms, it allows you to talk to agents and it allows plausible deniability, which is to say, um oh no, Georgia didn't ask the coach about their interest at the job when they're talking about the lawyers. In many ways it is just a cover your ass situation. I have been a part of a presidential um a presidential search at an institu at, at a collegiate level and um They just kind of filter in people. We went through about 300, I think, and we got down to 20. And we we interviewed, I believe we interviewed 20 people, something like that. And then we kind of wound up with three people who came to campus. And uh, we we ended up hiring the person who's the president still now. And he's been there for 11, this is his 11th year, so some time. So in that case, the, the search was productive and so forth. With Georgia, they probably are vetting things. Um, If you can't ask Thad Mata because of HIPAA violations um, about his health, the search firm can um, because they're not hiring him. So there's little ways around it, um, stuff like that. Um, And I think that, you know, if a person has a problem, like some coaches have substance abuse problems uh, or they drink too much, whatever you want to call it. You you know, the the search firm can look through stuff like that And uh, take it from there. Um, So the school doesn't have to do that. In terms of, and I'm trying to remember the other question. I think it was about uh, the draw for Crane to Georgia. I would say the players. I mean, when you start talking about um, the kids that you can get from just Atlanta, you have a chance to sign every single year at least five top 100 players. And like in the 2019 class, because it's so open, you would think, hey, they can get a pretty good class by November. Um, But there should be, so Mark Fox, when Fletcher Page and I knew that there was a problem, I think it was 2012 or so, or 13 with Tony Parker, when Georgia wound up third or fourth for him. Uh, we both were driving back to Athens after that one, and we're like, that's not good, because this has been the whole four years that Mark has been around, and Tony Parker, everybody knew about him, he played for the United States, um, Olympic Development, I mean, there was all, USA Basketball, for lack of a better term, there was no excuse not to be at least second place, I mean, if the you, kid you wants to go to UCLA, I get it, but to be three or four or whatever it was. So that, that's when we knew there was a problem. Um, and he just never could string multiple top players together. So that will be Crean's challenge. And uh, I don't know. I, all I know is the sky is the limit. And um, you can um, string together kids, but you've got to recruit effectively. And... Um, that's gonna be something that Georgia will have to do. We'll see. All right, so let me talk just for a second here about football. It's coming up these next these last ten minutes here on the show. Uh football will start Tuesday. They'll go Tuesday. Wednesday is uh pro day, and then Thursday will be yet another practice, followed by Saturday. So from here on right out for the next five weeks, Georgia will be practicing uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Even the coach's clinic time is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So it's one of those things where, um, Kirby and company are, um, divvying things out. Let's see. Spring practice will end the 21st, I think, of, of April. And, uh, with G Day, be curious to see if they will be, um, S- selling it out. A hundred thousand people will show up, like it did two years ago. I think they're saying, you know, hey, look, it really does matter that we did that a few years ago. So let's try to do it again. Like on the field, I've had multiple people here in this chat room say, "Who's going to start at right tackle?" We don't know. I mean, we essentially know that left tackle should be um, the kid who started at right tackle. I've had so much basketball in my brain. That um, I've uh, gone nuts here, and then your right, your your left tackle wouldn't change with Kendall Baker. Your center doesn't change. Your right guard could change slightly. Yeah, Thomas would be your left tackle, so it would go Thomas, Kendall Baker, Lamont, and then your right guard can continue to be Ben Cleveland. That's what I would probably do, but he might play right tackle in place of Andrew Thomas, but. At Right Tackle, you've got a slew of kids who can come in and fight for that spot. Jamari's coming in. You've got Cade Mays already on campus. There's a lot of kids that are fighting for one position. And, uh, you know, you're going to have your backup fights, too. I mean, if a kid is truly a guard, they're not going to play tackle. Not anymore. So, it's just one of those things in the program right now that they are so... um, they've done such a good job recruiting kids to Georgia on the offensive line that they have a that have a lot that they can do there. And that will mean that means to me that their yards per play average just generally speaking will inch up because if you have a functional offensive line, if it is not if it's, you know, they had better than functional They had a good offensive line last year. They might be better than they were last year, although Isaiah Wynn was very good. They will be bigger. Uh, Isaiah was not a huge guy. Extremely talented. He could be a first-round pick. So I'm not running Isaiah down at all. But what I'm saying is, if you want to bully the other team, hit him in the mouth a few times, you might have more capability to do that here. Last year, though, you really wanted to run the ball with the guys you had, they're still going to be loaded up on the offensive line and at running back. These are, I mean, let's just say it's just DeAndre Swift. He is damn good, just him alone. But then you've got the return of Zamir White, which should happen at least by midseason, if not before then. Uh, he is a gifted player. It says he is the most gifted player I've seen play a high school football game. Like, in the game, he was the best high school football player I've seen play football. So, he's quite good. Um, and let's just say he's 80% of what I saw. He still will be a bear to deal with in this upcoming season. So, they're going to run the ball. You would imagine that Jake Fromm would be at least as efficient as he was last year. There won't be this learning curve where... He has to process his way through the season. Let's not forget, I mean, Jake Fromm's pre-Kentucky game, I guess it was, he really didn't knock the socks off, people. He only really played well sort of in November. I mean, he threw six passes against Florida, or was it nine? I'm not even going to look it up. It wasn't a lot. Um, so you may be able to lean on him a little bit more. Now you've got a wide receiving group. This team got a lot better as the season went on. Yeah, that's a good point. I did forget about James Cook. You've got a home run hitting guy there. And it's not like Elijah Holyfield is Chop Suey. So there's a lot, um, there's a lot really that looks good on this team. I mean, there'll probably be a top five team, uh, with AP and coaches, I don't see a lot of teams getting in their way. The South Carolina game in Columbia, uh, looms. It's certainly a losable game for Georgia. Carolina's gonna have to be better than they were this past year, but it looms. And then you've got the, uh, LSU game, the game with the Gators, Auburn. There's games, but, um, no one in the East should be able to line up and and beat Georgia. Georgia would have to make mistakes. Georgia would have to not play well. Um Auburn, LSU, those are good teams. I don't see Georgia losing in the regular season more than once or twice. And yeah, I don't even know. And it's possible that they could get to Atlanta with two losses, win the game and uh, get into the playoff. They'd have to win the game with two losses. If you get there undefeated the or with one loss, then the rules start back like they were this last year where everybody was giving Georgia a pass even if they lost um, in the championship game. So, you know. Here's a question about the Gators. They should be more functional, but they're going to be about 7-5. and five. I mean, they they probably will... I mean, they they should lose to Georgia... You would think they would lose to South Carolina. they got to play LSU, I um, and then they've got the rest of the East. I mean, Georgia's got to go to Missouri, too, so that will be a slightly tricky game, you would think. Uh, Missouri shouldn't be a team Georgia has to deal with, but, um, but anyone who can score points, and they brought their quarterback back, anybody who can score is a problem. Um, so Missouri could be a little bit touchy, Uh, But the season, you know, you always have to take Florida, Tennessee, Auburn, LSU. You always have to take those teams seriously. I don't think that, as it stands right now, it's hard to imagine that anyone in the East is really on Georgia's level. Last year, the Gators were not even close. Tennessee's not even close. They both had coaching changes. South Carolina was within two touchdowns. South Carolina played. Georgia the toughest of anybody in the East that I remember. I mean, Missouri game was competitive. Kentucky was competitive for like a quarter. But they just, those guys, and then obviously they drilled Vanderbilt, Florida, Tennessee. They drilled Kentucky. They beat Missouri pretty bad. Uh, who else is in the East? South Carolina was competitive. So South Carolina was a game that it never felt like to me that Georgia was going to lose. But it also didn't feel like they were in, you know going to blow them out. Um I thought Georgia was better than Clemson last year. I think it I think the results sort of play that out, but Clemson got on a roll and really beat South Carolina bad. Um, that was surprising to me cuz that was only a few weeks after Georgia played them and it might be now that Clemson uh, uh that South Carolina has a thing now with Clemson whereas 5 years ago uh Clemson couldn't beat South Carolina in anything. That mattered. So that can happen sometimes too. We'll see how long Clemson's run goes here. Um, the quarterback thing now. I mean, there's just so many people talking about Trevor Lawrence starting. I am. I, I am. I just have a hard time seeing him replacing a quarterback that got them to the playoff, uh, particularly a senior quarterback that got them to a playoff. So we'll just see. And that that defense for Clemson's gonna be superb, but you never can forget the Dabo is good for about one dumb loss a year yes, I will be at G-Day, I'm always at G-Day, we're going to have a dog post event for G-Day, I will get you the um, particulars for that, it's probably going to be before the game in Athens, and uh, maybe Friday night I doubt it, but certainly before the game on Saturday, probably around noon, and I will just let y'all know when that will be Okay, we will catch up with y'all next week. Thank you for joining me. This is Dean Leggy, dogpost.com. Go check us out, and uh, we'll see you soon.